Hi, and welcome to The Joyful Life, a Share Your Story podcast. I'm your host, Katie Clatterbaugh. I want to start by acknowledging the racial injustice that our nation is currently facing. What is happening is not okay. This podcast was created to shine a light on difficult topics and be a source of positivity for those who need comfort. It is the mission of The Joyful Life to promote positivity, inclusion, and to lead with love. With the current state of our nation, it is imperative we step up in our communities and be a light in this dark world. Today's episode may be difficult for some to hear, but Michelle's message is one that every person must hear. In today's episode, Michelle and I will discuss racial reconciliation in America and ways that we can bridge the gap and end this era of racial divide. This is a must-hear episode and one you certainly don't want to miss. Good morning, friends. Happy Thursday today. We're recording on a different day today, but I am so honored to have Michelle Brandt, Mrs. Charleston, America, uh, here to talk to us today. Today's topic is going to be um, something that's weighed heavy on a lot of hearts. I know it's very heavy on my heart right now, and Michelle is going to talk about her experiences with this, with the racial divide that's going on in our nation and our world. Um, we all know this has to change, and we want to get on today and talk about what racial injustice looks like from Michelle's point of view, what we can do to change this, how we can help, and just open the conversation um, to educate ourselves in the best way we can. So without further ado, hello, Michelle. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so thankful that you're here and you're willing to share your story with us today. So Let's just jump in. Um, obviously, it's been a difficult couple of weeks with what's going on. Can you tell us kind of where your head's at and what your thoughts are on everything? Uh, it has been an emotional two weeks for me. Um, I watched the George Floyd video. It was heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, that's something that we've seen as a country over and over again. And for me personally, this has just been like, I'm... I'm at a point where like things need to change. Uh, it's just too much. Uh, that week in particular, I think the Amy Cooper story had come out as well about her calling the police on a black man at the park. And I, I've just been overwhelmed with emotion. One for the fact of seeing um, how the world is responding. It's just, it's so amazing. I'm just feeling like really amazed that I feel like people finally hear and see what's going on. But on the other end, I I feel just this sadness and I feel like I've been lamenting this past past couple of weeks just about everything and all the pain and hurt and how, you know, it can be overwhelming thinking about all the work that has to be done. So that's kind of where I am. So in your opinion, what are positive changes that we're seeing from the protests and the riots and um, I completely agree with you it's it is encouraging to see everyone take a stand now and finally say something but like myself you know a lot of people have remained silent not knowing what to say and that's not okay and we need to do better we need to be better and we need to embrace everyone because that's what God calls us to do and we're all human we're all in this together our skin color shouldn't have any um, I can't think of the word, any, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it matter. It shouldn't matter is, at the end of the day. So 
what are in your eyes the positive things that are coming out where are things that we can maybe do better well one positive thing that i'm just so excited about is that uh, people are actually like buying books children's books that feature uh, black protagonists or you know protagonists of color and that is just so so wonderful to me just because i remember growing up I didn't really see anyone in the movies or TV or in books that look like me. And hair is like my thing. I love hair. But growing up as a little girl, I I wouldn't see any black women featured. And if I did, she always had her hair straight. But I knew that my hair came out curly and kinky. So I was just like, I always felt for the longest time that something was wrong with me because I didn't see anybody that looked like me. Um, and I love Disney, still love Disney to this day, but I just never really saw anyone until Princess Tiana. Um, I love her, but <laughs> I, I love that now a lot of my friends and, and people on my social media are like buying these books. And it just makes my heart so happy because we need to see more diversity represented in our media um, to just break down any kind of barriers, in my opinion. And um, I shared a story on my TikTok of <laughs> in 2013, I, I used to chemically straighten my hair, but that year I got fed up. I had a really bad chemical burn. Oh and yeah, like what we do for beauty, right? And um, <laughs> I decided I didn't want to do it anymore, but I was so scared because uh, I felt like my hair was ugly and I didn't want to be made fun of. And I was like 22 at the time. It was just crazy. But I went on YouTube and I saw all these black women growing their natural hair and I'm like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. But I was still scared. But my, my wonderful husband, Justin, he encouraged me the whole way through. He was like, you're beautiful, just grow your hair out and let's just see. And I was like, okay. So I did it, I cut off all my hair <laughs> after a year of growing it out. And I have been rocking my natural hair ever since. And I so I love like playing around in my hair and that's just something I've noticed slowly in, in the media. Like if you see a black woman in a commercial now, her hair is probably like curly and kinky. And I'm like, oh, they see us. Like, this is so cool. And it just makes my heart happy for all the little girls, you know, coming up the next generation that they're going to see people that look like them and have features and hair that look like theirs. And I don't want any little person or any little girl to grow up thinking that she's not beautiful just because she doesn't see herself. So, um, that's just been one thing I'm just so excited about. That's what's happening here. That, that gives me chills. I'm so excited to hear that. <laughs> um, speaking about little kids, now I have a six-year-old son myself, and I know growing up, um, you know, you don't see color. I, 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 there's a part of me that thinks that, and this could be ignorant to say, and I'm sorry if this offends some people, but I feel racism is a learned behavior. Uh, where do you think, is it parents going wrong somewhere? Is it, how can we educate our kids? Because I think a lot of these big changes are going to happen when our kids are growing up. You have little kids as well. So how can we teach our kids there is 
diversity and to celebrate diversity, but also to not have that racist mentality that unfortunately a lot of people in our society do today. Well, I feel it's very important for parents to just talk to their kids about race. Um, and that's going to, in my opinion, vary depending on age. My children are three and five. So I just point out the differences in my husband. My husband is white. So I point out the differences in his skin and I celebrate it. His skin is beautiful. And then I show them my skin and I'm like, hey, mine is darker. And yours is kind of in between our shades. Isn't that so wonderful and beautiful? Just these like conversations we have. Um, and now um, I'm finding books on Instagram that people are talking about or that they help you talk about race with your children. I'm not an expert, but I think that including diversity in, in your everyday life, being intentional about who your kids' friends are, uh, I go out of my way to make sure that my children have friends that don't look like everyone else like white or that don't just look all black. I want my children to have a, a mix of friends. Um, and I'm, I'm very intentional about that. And so I think that's one, another thing you could do because I think that when everyone is just separated, like you just naturally have bias. Like we all have bias and it may not be something that you consciously think about. I don't think that everyone is inherently racist, but I think that some of us carry racial bias. And I think it's just perpetuated by the lack of seeing other people and especially seeing other kinds of people in a, in a positive way. I know a lot of the media for years has portrayed black people and black men, especially in a negative light. So that just naturally creates bias. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. I just think that as a, as a nation, we just need to be very intentional about making sure our children see other people that are different, different colors, um, doing wonderful, positive things. And I think that will help over time, along with really intentional conversations about race, will help the next generation not to have those kind of racial biases anymore. Gosh, you, that was so well said, and I couldn't agree more. I think that's amazing um, and great advice. I will definitely do some research, and at the notes of this podcast, we'll Put some books that maybe um, we can read to our kids or we can read ourselves to help educate um, everyone in the family because this is a family affair. Yes. Um, Michelle, are you comfortable talking about any um, maybe injustices you've felt as an African-American woman uh, growing up in Charleston and being married to a white person? Um, can you talk about that? Well, I, I didn't grow up here. I'm actually an army brat. <laughs> I, most of my childhood, I grew up in Maryland, but um, there have been subtle things. Like I've been called racial slurs. Um, I've noticed people treat me differently sometimes, depending on where I go. Um, it's not always in a good way. I have been followed in a store and that was just, it was just really hurtful. I mean, they followed me because I thought I was going to steal something, and I and I didn't. And I haven't gone back to that store. I probably will never go back there again. But um, those are just like things I've noticed. Um, and then being married to a white man, um, that was really hard for my parents to accept. Um, I remember bringing my my then boyfriend home to meet my parents, and my dad he. My dad is black and he just really didn't want to talk to him. I was like mortified. I was so hurt because I was like, 
you guys raised me to love everyone and then but here you are not accepting someone I love um but it the story ends so amazingly well the second time I brought my boyfriend now husband Justin to you know hang out with my parents my dad I don't know what happened but he just flipped a switch and he was just like okay and he him and my husband are like best friends now <laughs> they yeah. smoke cigars together they talk all the time and there isn't that like tension anymore yeah. So I think maybe it was just my father's just initial shock because my father grew up and he remembers the white only sinks. He remembers segregation. He grew up in that. So I think for for him, seeing his daughter to be married to this white guy uh, was probably hard. But we've since overcome that as a family. And then my husband and I, we do get stares, but it's not something I really pay attention to anymore I think people are just genuinely just curious like what drew us together and honestly our our love of video games and we have a lot in common and are just I just love him and it wasn't because he was white it was just because he was a great guy and I think as people get to know us as a family and as a couple they see this just love it's there's like no weird you know thing there so <laughs> I love that thank you so much for sharing and I'm so glad obviously this all is you're in a great spot. And I love watching you and Justin. I love if you guys do anything from this, please do a lot, but please check out Michelle's TikToks because they are amazing. They're so great. Um, Michelle, let's talk about what we can do. Where this whole podcast is about positive change and impacting people in a positive way. So I would love to kind of spitball some ideas on how we can continue this movement, we can help, we can stand alongside our black sisters and brothers in community and just teach this love and then embrace each other's cultures. I, um, in college, I was a dancer my whole life and in college I studied African dance for a semester. Oh. And it was so much fun to learn the different dances and what they mean and just the culture behind it and it was so, you just walked away so much richer in your life. And I think we're missing that. And, and I don't want to stay, I don't want to state this friends who are listening as a blanket statement, that that's not at all what I'm trying to say. I just think culturally we're missing out when we don't celebrate and learn about other people's cultures. So Michelle, what can we do? How can we get better? Well, I'm no expert, but I really love that you brought up how you learned African dance. And I think that something missing from um, American culture is that a lot of Black people, we don't know our history, our like ethnic history and heritage, because we were slaves when we came over here. I I don't really know much about my, my family lineage, except that my dad did a search one time and we think that we're from um, Ghana. But other than that, I don't know. So I, I think that as a nation, um, learning about not only Black culture, like Black American culture, but learning more about where we all came from. I think that a lot of history books should be rewritten. Um, I've noticed a lot of history is whitewashed. And I think that collectively, just being intentional and learning about history. Um, I also would recommend that everyone read Be the Bridge. It's a book by Latasha Morrison about racial reconciliation and she even includes a lot of history 
um, in her book as well, which I've learned so much reading from reading that book. And I think that something else we could do is support black owned businesses. Um, you know, the children's books that have feature people of color, black people as protagonists. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much, but I think being intentional about your, your friendships and supporting the marginalized, and unfortunately a lot of the marginalized communities, especially in inner cities are um, minorities, they are black people. And I think that if people would volunteer to help those areas, uh, things could and would turn around. Um, I'm a Christian, so I really, I'm advocating so hard that the church does this because in my opinion, when the church does something like we can change the world, you know, we are God's children. And I just, I believe that it starts with us as being a light and example to the world. And so I really have a heart for giving back and helping, especially, you know, we're still dealing with COVID-19. So a lot of minorities, especially in Charleston, they are like hurting and I'm I'm so passionate about food distribution. I'm sure you've seen me on Instagram, like, cause I want people to show up, volunteer and help. Like people are hungry, they need basic things. So I know that you're in North Carolina, but like if there are organizations that you could donate to or that you could volunteer your time, I think it's just so important that, you know, we all work together to help, to help everyone. and. I think those are some things that we could do to start to turn the ship around and and spread hope and love in this country. Guys, what she just listed, these are easy things that we can all do as a country. And it's fun, you know. I know um, I go to Forest Hill Church when I was living in Charlotte. And our main pastor said, you know, it's great that we go and we do these mission trips to Mexico or to Cuba or wherever. There's so much work that needs to be done in our very own backyard. And I truly yes. believe that there's so much that we can do with inner cities. Um, any neighborhood in the outskirts of Charlotte, that's a diverse neighborhood, get involved. Join a community outreach center. Join, um, you do a lot with like the Christian Mission food um, donation. Food distribution, right? yeah. <laughs> I cannot find my words to y'all. Um, so these are fun, easy ways. I've also been reading the book that Michelle has recommended, and it is an amazing book. It's an amazing read. I'm actually listening to the audio version, so it really hits home, and we'll tag that book as well. It's something for anyone to read and just to learn. So Michelle, I am so thankful for you, and so thankful that you shared your story. For our last question, I ask everyone, if you could leave us with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, one piece of advice I would leave you with is if you're scared to speak up, if you're unsure of if you're going to say the wrong thing, um, as long as your heart is in the right place, I encourage you to ask questions, to just speak out about any racial injustice you see or injustice in general. Um, we're stronger in numbers. And, you know, I, I think that real change can happen when we all work together and we're not afraid of each other. So speak up and try your best and if your heart is in a posture of love people are going to know you know that you just mean well so yeah amen well friends that wraps up our episode for today i will make sure that we tag michelle's handles as well as her amazing tiktok and um, the books that we talked about on today's episode 
If anyone has any questions, please feel free to reach out and we will talk to you next week. Thanks friends.